Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Wrestling Court. We're going to talk about AEW Double or Nothing predictions, along with everything else that's going on in the entertainment and wrestling world, along with our picks for the 10 most backstage politicians in wrestling history. I'm your host, Julian Cannon. Here's uh, Rob, my friend. Tell the world how you doing. I'm good, man. What's up? You know, last few weeks, I was pretty busy. First, I went to the NFL draft. Then yeah, I my... saw that. Oh, yeah, it was it was phenomenal, man. I'll get to more details about that in a bit. But this week, I went to Streaming Media East to, <clears throat> Streaming Media East to co-host a panel for DigiDay, which was quite good, too. Sweet. Yeah, I saw you all over online. You were busy as hell, bro. Oh, yes. I mean, when I went to Boston this week, I was not prepared for the cold weather over there because last time mm-hmm. when I last time I went there, it was on a winter. And I know normally they have good weather there, but for some reason, it was windy as hell earlier this week when I went there, mm. as opposed to it being hot in New York. Yeah, it's weird. It's like 87 degrees. Meanwhile, you go up there. Well, you know, I, I guess it's just a windier area. I don't know. It's weird. So for the NFL draft, my God, they not only paid for the hotel and the um flights, but I pretty much saw all the behind the scenes stuff that was going on there from where the drafted players go after they get selected to the social media war rooms, to the actual rooms where the teams are, where they make their selections. You see that on TV, right? When you see the the teams and their selections. Yeah, they they kind of go between the cameras. They cut the certain footage. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a those sets of rooms are intense, man. I uh, believe me on that. <laughs> they are intense because they're trying to pick out who they want to pick and all that other shit. Can I imagine. So while I was also there, um, every day that I was there, I had my own suite. Pretty much, I ate whatever the fuck I wanted. I also so there was also another suite where they had social a lot of social media influencers. I spoke to quite a bit of them. So that was cool. So yeah, overall the, the drive was a good experience. Uh Kansas City. I'm not sure if you have you ever been to Kansas City before? No, I'm a I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm never gonna go there. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this, Rob. The stench of barbecue is everywhere, from the airports to the roads and to the area. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's, their th- it's their thing, right? So yes, it is. And the, the second I landed on a plane, I've seen a lot of trees. I think that was a good thing. <laughs> so the NFL draft was great. Um, trying to trying to arrange things with the NHL because they want to bring me over there for the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, shit. Cool. So that was good. The wrestling world in the last few weeks, however, it's been quite a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> um, other than hearing about people getting injured and random silly stuff, I, I'm kind of done with the like, because you know, I get why guys like Meltzer and Alvarez do what they got to do. I understand because just like it's not just wrestling that has this. There's like, you know, E-Network exists for all that bullshit, too, for c- celebrities in Hollywood. Right. It's the same thing. If it's there's drama, I mean, even in, in like real sports, why are we talking so much about Patrick Mahomes' brother who is nobody? Right. Yeah. I, only reason they're doing it is because oh, it's going to affect Patrick Mahomes. It, it should have nothing to do with him. He's got nothing to do with his brother. You know, it, it, it becomes a point where like there's so much. They but every time I watch anything on football, 
if they're going to bring up Brittany Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' son, uh, brother, uh, Jackson, whatever his idiot name is. And like, it's like, all right, I don't care. Did did Patrick Mahomes stab somebody? No. No. Did he cause any controversy? No. no. So why the hell is this on NFL news? You know, because it's a relationship of someone. It's like, it really shouldn't have, but the people love this shit. You know, with everything with uh, uh, what's going on right now with uh, um, Majors, uh, Jonathan Majors. With uh, him and oh, yeah. he, oh, oh, they're gonna Disney's fired him. Disney has not fired him. They've learned their lesson from Johnny Depp and what they did with James Gunn. They're not getting rid of Jonathan Majors until they have to. Will they promote his shit? Absolutely not. They're not stupid, but they're not gonna fire him. Unlike they did with Johnny Depp, they made a spectacle of Johnny Depp, and guess what? Johnny Depp won. Uh, and then you had um. With uh, James Gunn, they fired him over a tweet from the decade before, which was a joke tweet. And they said, well, we don't, but they were aware of it, but whatever the bullshit was. But they made a thing, it backlashed on them. Now he's running DC. And by the way, we just saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3 yesterday, and it's the greatest fucking Marvel movie I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, they made a mistake by losing him. But it's yeah. all right, though, because at the end of the day, I like to see DC have some good runs. You know, I want to see them do some good stuff too, you know, because it makes it even. I want to see an even playing field when it comes to these movies. So the problem is, but everyone's so, oh my God, Jonathan Majors this and this. And so it just, they take away from the entertainment end, right? And when we get to the wrestling, oh my God, I do not care sure, anymore. Dude, let me let's let's um talk about the whole shit that happened in the last two weeks. Yep. Here's here's all the dirt sheets coming out saying that AEW had a five billion dollar dollar bonus from Warner Discovery. All the dirt sheets said it. Not a single analyst and finance said it. Not one. AEW didn't say it either. Like they never, no one ever. There was said that. there was at the upfronts this week. Not a yeah. such thing happened. What is it? It's like a billion dollar deal over the course of five years. It's a billion dollar deal, not a five billion dollar deal. It's a one billion dollar deal over the course of five years. None of which, which none is, of which was even true or came out yet. Are you sure? Yeah, the, it didn't come it out. Seems pretty, it seems like it's a really good deal, and, and they're very excited. So, and obviously, Warner Brothers seems to be very happy with AEW. Like you know, every time someone reports about ratings and they report about this. Apparently that shit don't matter because it's doing apparently AEW's held up their bargain to the company. You know what I'm saying? They held up their end of the bargain that Warner Brothers would do it. Because Warner Brothers, as we know, has cut so much. Well, I shouldn't call it Warner Brothers, we should call it Discovery, right? Let's be real. It's Warner Brothers, but only in name alone. Warner don't media, call it Warner Media, don't, Rob. Don't even call it Warner Media because not Warner Media was bought by Discovery. It was not Warner Brothers buying Discovery. It's not the same. You can't. They say this all the time. Oh, it's Warner Brothers. It's not Warner Brothers. It's Discovery who made all the decisions. I can't believe Discovery purchased Warner Brothers. They're using the name because the name is what you know, right? It's called WBD, Warner Brothers Discovery, which is bullshit. It's your it, Discovery owns Warner Brothers now. That that's it should be called Discovery World or Discovery Media, but they're going to use the Warner Brother name. But the problem is. Discovery made so many cuts to Warner Brothers from that, especially what they did to the animation, right? They yeah. literally annihilated all animation. They neutered HBO Max to like to, to Max, just Max. To ma yeah, to, to, 
they literally neutered all their programming. They took off so much Warner Brothers content from HBO Max. Yes, and what they're doing with that content is shopping it to other platforms. It's like they're doing all this stuff, and they canceled projects that were finished. If the project's finished, it didn't cost you nothing. Put it out, but they cut, and they cut, and they cut. So when you hear AEW getting this kind of a deal, even if it's the numbers may be off, obviously it's good. It's a good deal. They, you know, let's be real. It may be good, but again, none of that was announced this week. It doesn't matter. The idea they got a new show, they got the all access show, they got all this content that was not cut. It was not cut, and they're working with them to make a new show. So obviously, AEW's held up their bargain to Warner Brothers Discovery. We promised you we'll do this. And they did what they asked. Now, the dirt sheets are going to say, oh, they were supposed to meet this number. You don't know. You don't know what the deal was. They never disclosed what they had to agree with to promise uh, TNT and TBS what they gave them. That's exactly that's exactly why these dirt sheet writers don't have either degrees or any sense of how finance works. But at the end of the day, obviously, they did something right that they got another show that they're willing to give them more. So, you know, when something sucks, they don't give you more, especially when it's now, a fire. Let's talk about this um show. Um, a, It's called AEW Collision. Logo yep. looks like the first WCW Nitro logo. Um, yeah, everyone kept my, making that comparison. I never really noticed that, but okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, the, big, the biggest thing about this is that <clears throat> the biggest concern I have is that they need to make this show different than Dynamite and Rampage. Mm. I'm not just talking about throwing a bunch of wrestlers to have in five-star matches. The presentation and the look needs to be different. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's why it's not debuting literally next week. It's going to be it's gonna be sometime in June. Uh, well, now from what the understanding is, which I think is good, is that now we don't have Dark and Dark Elevation, so they're going to use Rampage as that shotgun Saturday night type of feel, which is smart. It's only an it, hour. It would I be. I think it's fine. It would be if it was on Saturday night. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm just saying for the Friday slot. Yeah, the yeah, one yeah. Hour. Yeah, now I'm just making Rampage that that type of show. A one-hour Sunday night heat or a shotgun Saturday night where it's just that one hour. You don't really need to see this if you don't want to, but it's here. Uh, and treat it for what dark and dark elevation was, which is uh, making like young talents have some you know, tryout spots, which is fine. And I think that's going to be good because now I'm happier that we have a Saturday slot as a person who's in my 40s. I'm not going out Saturday nights, you know, I'm home and I'm looking for stuff to watch. And you have to admit, TV sucks on Saturdays nowadays. Oh, just yes. in and even even when WWE used to have programming on Saturday, they never got the ratings. WCW had programming on Saturday. They never yeah. got it. AEW needs to do something to attract these but, ratings because Saturday nights on primetime is is brutal, do especially not, when you have other sports on. Right, but do not compare 1990s and early 2000s to the year 2023, where a good 80% of the people on a Saturday night aren't no, going here's, to. Here's why I said this, because whenever AEW had specials on Saturdays, they never did good in the ratings, so that's why I said that they need to do something to And the difference is, it was viewers. a one- those Saturday things are always one-time off things. It wasn't a consistent show. It's, you know, don't forget when, um, even when SmackDown would move network, move the days, when they switched from like a Tuesday or a Thursday and Fridays, their first couple of shows did terrible in the ratings because it was a switchover, right? So imagine if you're a Rampage and you're supposed to be on 10 o'clock on Friday, 
oh, but a, a, NBA is on. Oh, we'll put you on Saturday, I think. Or, oh, we'll put you on before NBA, I think. It's like, well, that doesn't help us as a fan find you, right? That's what they did to shows that you like. Like Cartoon Network was notorious for like, oh, we're going to move the slot of the show, but they would never promote it properly. Uh, biggest uh, show that did that, and, and I know it's not a comparison, but I'm just giving you for an exp- uh, yeah, yeah, example, yeah. was the Thundercats 2011 cartoon show. That show was phenomenal. It had a set time slot. Great. Back then, I used to have a DVR. Guess what they fucking did? They decided to change the time slot. The DVR didn't know, didn't record it. I didn't know. All of a sudden, oh, Thundercats is now on this time. So I go to switch it. Then they switched it to an earlier time. Then they decided that they were going to syndicate. Then they, and I was like, wow, you just fucked this show over. Rampage, I missed yesterday because I went to see Guardians, right? Guardians was uh, it's like a two and a half, three hour movie, right? Even and, so, you would not watch on a Friday night, would you? Because that show has yeah. been non, non-essential for a while. I watch it just to you know just to watch it. I just put it on. I put it on as background. Watch. I, instead <laughs> of just me flopping through YouTube videos, I watch Rampage. I always watch. I watch Rampage every week when I know it's on. Like when it was on that one Saturday, I didn't know that. I thought it was supposed to be a six thirty or seven thirty. I didn't know what time because it was thrown in. It was whoa, will be special time. Yeah, I don't know because that show kept switching. And I said we went to uh, see Guardians. We got out the movie. We got out of the movie theater after seven o'clock. By the time I got home. Rampage was over. I went to put on TNT, and they were showing basketball. Worst part about TNT's app, uh, there you can't see that show that just aired. You have to wait like a while before it'll be on TNT's like watch on demand. Yeah. So that sucked. Like, I wanted to see it. Cool. I go to put it on, and NBA's on. So I swipe down. Oh, May 13th episode's available. Well, what about fucking today's episode? Well, now you have to wait, right? Because that's a TN. That's not an AEW thing. That's a TNT issue. Like, my, I was watching the clips on YouTube. Problem is, they didn't show the intros for any of the matches. So my daughter wanted to see uh, the acclaim. You know, they, they had the, I think, with the main event. There's uh, the main event spot. But they showed the match on YouTube, but they didn't show the intro. And my daughter was waiting for uh, Max Caster Rose people. And it's not even on YouTube. And I can't even show it to her because now it's not on TNT. I have to wait. You see what I'm saying? So yes, that sucks. And that's the also, suckiest shit on my page. <laughs> let me also say this. Um, AEW's viewers are getting much more younger, as you can tell on the demos that come out every single week. So how are they going to try to capture this on a Saturday night when the younger generation is either out doing something else that's two. That's a two-hour commitment on a Saturday night. They trying to do. It's different when you're doing this on pay-per-views once a month, but now you're going to ask for this every single Saturday. That's a different game. Well, at the same thing, I'll say this once again. ECW's demographic back in the day was a certain demographic. I was yeah, that they demographic. Were, that was they was older. I was older, but they were on three o'clock in the morning. I was not home on a Saturday night at three in the morning. I was out. Back in the day, I was not home. We were partying. <laughs> Rob, I'm talking about the but, majority. I'm not. No, no, hold on. No, 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 no. Let me finish. It was on late night, a bad time slot, right? Two in the morning. But I saw it every week because I recorded it with a VHS. We recorded that show every week. And when I get home, I watch ECW. If I was home or was at a friend's house, we put MSG. I make my friends put MSG on two in the morning to watch it. If people want to watch it, they will watch it. And I definitely think they can capture that. And also, most people are families like me, like you. If you're going to be out 
every Saturday at you, you know, as a family member, you have some priority issues, motherfucker. Be home with your family, you know, watch some wrestling. And also, Saturday doesn't have anything good on TV anyway, like we already established. Nowadays, back in the days, there was yo, know, there was time slots. Saturdays was a tough time slot. Either people were out or people were watching other stuff. Back in the day, when I thought about wrestling, I thought it was on Mondays, Mondays and Sunday pay-per-views, like you said. Then when, when SmackDown came around and we had, like I said, Thursday Thunder, which, you know, I never watched WCW. I was only watching WWE and ECW. Yeah, yeah. So I can't say that counted for me. I would watch SmackDown uh, and I would watch it. And it was on time, prime time days, or Thursdays or Tuesdays or Friday, wherever the fuck it was flip-flopping, I watched it. You know, of course I watched it because if I was invested with the product, I'm watching the program, just like I do now. I do my best to watch Rampage when I can. And if not, I'll catch it on the rerun or someone has it for me to watch later on. But, you know, I watch Dynamite every week. And I'm home on weekends. Unless there's a reason I'm not going to be home on a Saturday night, which is very rare, and I think most families are home, we'll watch it. And the, you know, if they've got the Wednesday night demographic, a Saturday night demographic is going to be fine. It's going to take time. They're going to be fine. And I think they're going to hit the numbers they need to hit. Because once again, we don't know. That's another thing I was about to get into next because they can have a million for the first week or a 1.1. What I'm looking forward to is what's going to, how the viewers will be um, four weeks in. And like I've just established a hundred times again, as long as they're pleasing the network, the show is going to stay on the air, one hundred percent. And obviously, it did. They didn't get. They didn't cancel Rampage. They literally added another show. They added a show with an actual proper untouched time slot. Thank God, because I think it's a bullshit that Rampage. You know, I liked watching Rampage, and they would do the Battle of Belts when they could as a special, which is cool. Have a nice little special, um, but. I felt like, you know, you didn't commit to that show. We go, well, we have basketball. Well, you, you, but you had this show before you got that deal. And you, uh, what hey, are you going to do to? Dude, didn't I say once Rampage came out that um, NBC, I said NBC, Warner would um, over prioritize the NBA? Didn't well, I we say knew that? that? We know that because that was, that's a given. It's, they're going to prioritize, um, what they paid a lot more money for. Along with how many brands market on the NBA. Right. And but at the same time, it's not gonna this whole thing with collision is not gonna affect AEW. They're gonna do what they got. hundred percent they got it. And having I like the idea that it's not a hundred far as we know, far as we know, we don't know anything, but we have to go with speculation. That's not gonna be a hundred percent brand split, which is great. I feel like the idea that they're going to have the champions moving from show to show, which is cool because you do want to have people on shows that fans could turn into going, I'm going to see this guy. The idea what WWE was originally supposed to do, I think if they, WWE would have done this from the beginning and just said, okay, these guys are here, but champions can go between shows. We don't need to have two heavyweight champions because look, like we talk about, we'll talk about in a second probably is the new belt that WWE made. Meanwhile, Roman the still world, has two uh, belts. Yeah, that, even though I like the belt design, this shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. That might, like, I'm glad like AEW's so far not doing that. It's okay, the champs can go to any show. That should be that makes sense. That means you don't need to make another set of champs per show because then you feel like first, like we know for a fact, just like we knew back in the day when we joked before we had a podcast. I used to joke with my friends like, "Oh, we're doing a brand split," but you own the company. You're 
you're all WWE. It's it's not a draft. It's not a brand split. It's oh, but these guys are gonna be exclusively only shown here. Until someone bitches that their favorite wrestler is on the show and they start watching, then you bring them over. And time after time after time, they would, all right, one night only. Okay, this is invitational. This is this. It's like, don't lock yourself into having a brand separation. I know they're doing it already again. They seem to want to do that. I don't think you need that. I just think what you need to do is say, okay. Without saying it's a brand, but let's just keep certain guys on this show and certain guys on this show because of demographics. Like we all know for a fact when WWE used to do it, SmackDown was on network TV and they prioritized putting Latino wrestlers on SmackDown for a while. Not Why? That, because they said, yeah, because of the Latino audience watches SmackDown. But not only more, that, uh, Raw and SmackDown are two different shows. Raw is more of the segment show. SmackDown was always the wrestling show. But that's not the that's the reason they tell you, but it's bullshit. They separated the wrestlers because they said they said internally, and we know for a fact, minorities were gonna watch network TV. Most minorities may not buy cable, which is what why they put minority wrestlers predominantly on SmackDown because it was quote unquote free TV. What's your excuse now? I mean, when it, worked, it cable worked for them cable. for a while, though. <laughs> well, no, yeah, because there was Rey Mysterio, you had Eddie Guerrero, you know, you had Shelton Benjamin and shit like that. Yeah, but yeah, 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 Shelton Benjamin, that's adorable. But I'm talking about real wrestlers. Um, and I love Shelton Benjamin, but let's be real, no one was tuning in to SmackDown for Shelton Benjamin. Oh, come you were on. In, you were tuning in for fucking Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, 100%. Yeah, Booker the world's T. greatest. Booker T was great. But Booker T also did great on Raw. It wasn't like he wasn't cross-promotional. He was. He Once he became King Booker, he was unstoppable. That gimmick's one of his best gimmicks. Yeah, he was, of fact, that was a him, SmackDown gimmick. Him, <laughs> him with Goldust as the tag team was so over, and that was on Raw. Yep. So it's, it's not always that case. It's not minorities should only be on that, and that's the wrestling show. That's kind of bullshit. The idea is that hey, you could call Raw, it bo- you could call it bullshit, but Raw was always the segment but, show. But we know because when Paul Heyman took over and he had SmackDown, he prioritized wrestling with good stories, but minority wrestling show. Because you can't have too many bullshit segments on both shows, because then it's fucking monotonous. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Then when are we seeing wrestling? Because at the end of the day, we're watching a wrestling program, are we not? <laughs> we're not actually. We keep saying wrestling is a male soap opera, but we also want to see the wrestling part. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, so yeah, the SmackDown had the more wrestling, but when you have a, a bigger Latino community who grew up maybe watching Lucha, Lucha Libre, Lucha Libre. More, watching Lucha Libre more than they watch anything else, they're not gonna sit down and say they watch two guys talk shit about a girl or. Or like, how dare you hurt my car or some bullshit? It's like they want to see wrestling. But yeah, anyway, being said, I think AEW Collision. I I just want to see what comes. Of course, I think they're gonna have a different presentation, different like a uh, entrance, uh, different aprons. You know, I mean, they're working all that out. I'm assuming they have all that ready, and that'd be cool to see what it looks like the presentation wise. You know, I think that that'd be cool. Uh, curious to see what they're gonna do for the announcing team. You know, yeah, I, 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 you know, did, even, I did not even think of that. <laughs> my curiosity, because my thing is that I love Excalibur and Taz a lot, 
And I think they work great together. I think they're a lot of fun. And they actually sound like they're actually enjoying what they're doing. And I'm that gonna, makes me enjoy I'm, it more. I'm going to be the one to hurt your feelings, but Taz is very unsufferable these days, especially Tony um, Schiavone. Excalibur, even though he talks way too fast, at least he could all shit. Taz and Tony, every time they are on the commentary, they are either joking or not talking about the match. That shit is annoying. See, I when disagree wholeheartedly. When it happens match after match after match. I absolutely enjoy the banter because it's not I hate banter when they're when the announcers are fighting each other. That's what Michael like Cole used to do on Raw uh, with right? Jerry Lawler. I hated it. They would just bicker and fight. See, I didn't mind it when Paul Heyman first came over, but the idea was that he was the invader and he with, was um, Paul he, Heyman, Jim Ross, they were great. Yeah. But at the same time, they would fight a lot. But it wasn't to the point where, like you said, it was insufferable. My thing is, I think Taz is just enjoying it, and I see Excalibur and him riffing with each other and joking with each other, and then they still call as they call it. I personally think Tony Schiavone, you, you, we don't need a three-man team. I think Tony Schiavone doesn't really add much. I think Tony Schiavone should be in-ring segments or have him be on the collision team with somebody else. Yep. You know, I personally would have preferred if they would have. I know they're using Nigel McGuinness for Ring of Honor stuff. I would wouldn't mind if Nigel McGuinness was on commentary for Collision. That would be cool. Put mm-hmm. Nigel McGuinness and a color commentator. Well, he is a color commentator in a way. Nigel, he's a wrestler. He knows how to do that. So him and Tony might be good. Or Jim. Ro- I I just don't feel Jim Ross can do a whole show anymore. You know, I mean, pay-per-views, that's it. Pay-per-views, I think that's really good special. Maybe like the main event of, like when you bring him out for the main event match, if there's a title shot on 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 Dynamite, you bring him out. Or if it's a, a title shot on Collision, you bring out good old JR and you save him, like you said, for pay-per-views. Because I think you need just a two-man team. I think Taz and Excalibur will be great on Dynamite and put maybe, I personally think it should be Nigel McGinnis and Tony Schiavone. Uh, or honestly, uh, Big Show was doing okay. He's not good enough to be a lead commentator. No, he's not. I was about to say the same thing. Him and Mark Henry are not meant for that. And Mark Henry's spot is perfect for AEW. I love when he does the, the talking. The you know, if it's time for the main event, I think they should take that off a of rampage and bring it to Collision. I think Mark Henry should be the main interviewer for those segments because the people love it. You know, Mark Henry having the two people in it. I love that. I think they need to do that for Collision. Take it off Rampage. You can even keep it for Rampage. It doesn't really fucking matter, but have it mainly for Collision. Have Mark Henry bring in the two, the main event show. Have the two guys talking. Have Mark Henry go, it's time for the main event. That'd be a great way to close out the Collision uh, main event of every show. Having a, a, a guy like Mark Henry who people know and respect. Have him doing that. Not on commentary. Him and Big Show, I, as much as I, I think Big Show is enjoying his life, he's having a good time, he's, he's not... A, he's enjoying it too much, if you ask me. He's not good at being a commentary. He can't do commentary. Not Like, with Dark or whatever, Dark Elevation, I think he did, it was fine. He would do it with Matt Menard. It was fine. It didn't get in the way because those matches weren't much more just to see enhancement talent getting tryouts, which is good to see wrestlers get spots and get paid to, you know, hey, show who you are. Maybe you might get hired. Uh, but bro. for a main show, <laughs> no way. Not for a main show. 
Real quick, uh, before we get to these predictions, uh, Leva Bates is not on W, I said WWE, AEW mm. anymore. No. Uh, she said <clears throat> she found this out as uh, they didn't even reach out to her to renew her contract. Makes me wonder, what is Christopher Daniels' job if you're talent relations? Well, see, that's the point. I was like, oh, this is Tony Khan's fault. Dude's running enough. He has other people who, it's their job. And I'm going to tell you something. And it's, I'm, it's sad. Um, I'm not you know, saying that she uh, deserves to be there, but she did a right. lot behind the scenes. But as far as the right. talent goes, right. just shits in the ring. However, yeah. this contract, yeah, sad. This contract situation, Christopher Daniels, what are you doing? You're supposed to be yeah. head of talent relations. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel that. Um, I think Jeff Ross back in the day, or or even though we hate the guy, Johnny Ace would uh, let that shit fly. No. Hey, you know, I, there's been plenty of wrestlers who didn't know they were fired until afterwards, or didn't know that their contract was expired. And it also, so I know some people who also mentioned the fact that, yeah, it's a hundred percent on the company to reach out to you, but it's also good as a wrestler to know when your contract's going up, so you can negotiate. As a freelance talent, you should be very well aware. Of when your contract is up, most wrestlers will tell you, Oh, I'll be free agent in this many weeks, and they'll tweet about it and make a stink about it. You know, oh, they'll have the handcuff keys and the dove emoji saying, My contract's for you. You see this countless times, <laughs> whatever brand it is from Impact, WWE, AEW, and then you'd be like, Oh, I guess your contract's almost up. And then you see that negotiated new contract. They're going, I'm so happy to be back. It's like, oh my God. But at least they <laughs> at least those fucking wrestlers are well aware of when your contract expires. You're supposed you are your own the what sucks about being an independent contractor as opposed to being part of a company. And when you're an independent contractor, the, the pros are like, hey, you're supposed to have that freedom that a lot of companies aren't giving you. We bridged about, hey, WWE says you're an independent contractor, but they treat you like company. Okay, you're an independent contractor. You're doing other days and AEW tell you, okay, don't do this show because I may need you here, whatever. That's part of the deal. You sign the contract. But also, if you know all those rules, you should also be very well aware when you sign a contract, you have a cell phone. Put on your cell phone a reminder in three fucking years' time, Google will back it up, iPhone will back it up, and it will send you a reminder like two weeks ahead of time going, hey, don't forget, your contract. All right, we are back. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I had my camera on. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, we're good. Don't worry about so, it. <laughs> you see my, for like a half a second, you'll see my ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Before we go to these uh, predictions, um, this came out a few weeks ago, but I'm now we're going to finally talk about it. Dark Side of the Rings full season four episode list. Mm. So what we have here is Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch. Oh shit! Oh wait, this is news to you, is it? Yeah, I haven't because uh, we don't normally when we find out the Dark Side of the Ring is usually through you. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I'm going to be shocked to pretty much this whole list. Good. Magnum TA. Okay. Adrian Adonis. All right, that's gonna be really good because not yeah, too much of so his, far, yeah. not too much of his life has ever been talked about other than a car crash. We well, you know the about Magnum TA, especially like you know. It, no, it's about Adrian Adonis. But I was about Magnum TA also. Is that there's a lot I like I know of him, and I've seen matches, but I don't know a lot about him. Yeah, his story is pretty much what could have happened if that didn't didn't happen. 
Yeah. Dork the Clown, Matt Bourne. Mm, see, that'd be a good one because Matt Bourne is everyone talks so much. There was he was one of those guys that people, the company, like all the wrestlers talk so decisively about like that guy had a mind for wrestling. So I'm curious to see, you know, what that's about. Yeah, his dark side is gonna be something because he kind of lived that gimmick. Love to see it. Junkyard dog. Um, him dealing with those racist shitheads in the South warrants an entire episode. Oh, I mean, yeah, the, the dark side of Rand, Junkyard Dog first out is great. Um, I love to see, you know, especially since I learned so much about Junkyard Dog because of with the free birds talking about it and all the stories about it. So I'd like to see the whole thing. Because I always, as a kid, I love Junkyard Dog. Marty Janetti. Oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, yes, <laughs> awesome. You know, it's so sad. Mario Gennetti should have been the guy, right? As a kid, everybody will tell you to their face who lived during the time of the Rockers. Yeah. Marty Gennetti was the star. He was the Bret Hart of the Rockers. Then they turn, and out of nowhere, Shawn Michaels gets a personality that he ain't never had. And you sit there going, well, Marty Jannetty has to make a comeback now because he's the guy we expected to be the superstar. And everyone will tell you that. Everyone who watched the Rockers, no one ever thought Shawn Michaels would be Shawn Michaels. Everyone thought Marty Jannetty was going to be the next Bret Hart, like the breakout star of that group. Yeah. And that, that fucking didn't happen. Shit. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, fucking Bam Bam's the man. Abdullah the Butcher. See... I want to see it, but man, that wrestler is very decisive for me. It's Abdul the Butcher is like one of those guys like, oh, I don't really want to watch an Abdul the Butcher match, but like if I have to, at least Mick Foley's in this one. You know, like you, you don't ever watch Abdul the Butcher matches for Abdullah. You know, I wonder if they're going to talk about the whole hepatitis thing too. What was that? I wonder if they're going to talk about the whole hepatitis thing too. They got to, right? I mean, it's Dark Side of the Ring. They're not going to shy away from those elements. <clears throat> WCW Bash at the Beach 2000. Which was that one? Was that the motorcycle one or no? no, no, no I was thinking that was when uh, Hogan and uh, Vince Russo incident happened. Now, I'm oh, wondering the- if they're going to talk about that incident alone or the whole show because that, besides that incident, that show was kind of a mess. Wasn't WCW in 2000 just a mess to begin with. <laughs> so, <laughs> it uh, was, but this show here was a cool compilation of it. That's when Hogan and Jeff Jarrett in the ring, he laid down. Yes. That was, so it was a Bass at the Beach episode. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, Bass I at the Beach 2000. All right, so that's what it was. Okay. The Graham, the Graham family. The Graham. Oh, the Grahams. Okay. Dude, you have you ever heard any shit stories about them? Because I've heard a lot. Well, I've watched a lot of the uh, I've seen a lot of the shoot videos where people talk about them. So there's a lot out there. <laughs> <laughs> so to see them as a whole thing would be interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, especially how both uh, Mike and his dad went out a few years apart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wrestling's one of those. There's endless supply of wonderful fucking tales of wrestlers. If you really want to <laughs> dig. <laughs> You know, they said earlier, no, late last year that Mike Austin was supposed to get an episode. So I'm gonna, yeah. 
I'm going to ask these guys that tomorrow. No, is it tomorrow? No, Monday afternoon. What happened to the Mike Awesome episode? I wonder if they filmed that for um the Bash at the Beach 2000 episode or the Bad Bad Biglow episode. Either or. Yeah, man, because that's the person I want to see a special on. I think deserves a special on because a lot of people don't really like who didn't get to know him if they were just WCW fans really missed out a lot on Mike Awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's sad. So it'd be really interesting to see like, you know. Yeah. ECW and um, FMW were the only two places he really had a good career. WCW. Nope. WWE. No. You know, when he, I remember when, when uh, I forgot who he did it to when they invaded and like, because I mean, remember the invasion didn't just happen in one shot, right? No, it, it was, like it was built up for weeks. And like Mike Awesome showed up and put someone through a ladder. I forgot. It was uh, Rhino. He put Rhino through a ladder. Yes. And then you're like, oh, the hardcore title. Right. And he just, just, Mike Awesome shows up as Mike Awesome, not as the, the fucking fat guy. chick, the fat chick thriller, whatever the fuck they wanted to do. He came out as Mike Awesome. I remember losing my shit going, finally, we're going to get Mike Awesome back. And then I didn't have that didn't and... happen. He got um hurt like a few months after, came back, never was the same. Only because, you know, I that has to do with management not seeing something in you. Because let's be real, when he did the one night stand, he they had great. He did it was him and in... it was it was him and Tanaka uh Masato yeah. Tanaka. Which those two guys together have always had it's just poetry with those two. You know, after that match, they was going. They had talks of bringing him back, but they just couldn't um settle on a on money. Right. Well, what I always heard the story I always heard is that they were eventually going to bring him back, and that they had a nice story for him, but no one ever told him, and he committed suicide. And then they had said, WWE had said, "Oh, we had plans. We really were gonna." But everyone's like, "Did you talk to Mike?" And I was like, "Oh no, we didn't talk to Mike. Yeah, we were just working on ideas." And and like Mike, his whole thing is he had no money. And he was he couldn't do anything else, and he committed. So that's what the story I always heard on the internet. So who knows if that's true? But I remember them saying that Mike, when Mike Austin died, that it was like a couple of weeks away from being brought back, but no one actually reached out to him. And uh, that's it was one of those around things. the same time his wife divorced him too. Uh, we yeah. still do not know why yet. Well, if they do a special, maybe we'll find out all that stuff. I mean, because. It's uh, it's good to know about. I, I, he's a wrestler. I think a lot of people should study, uh, and just see what a, you know, he was one of those quote unquote big guys that was more than just a big guy. You know, yes. just like Bam Bam, just like just like fucking Bam Bam. Let's be real. You know, Monday I'm gonna also ask them if the backlash from of season three factored into changing a lot of these stories. What was four. the? I can't remember what the backlash was. Which was the backlash? The playwright from Hell episode. Well, yeah. Why was that a backlash? Because oh, we we showed that Ric Flair was a piece of shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's such a backlash. You know, what? Uh, I mean, it was not just that. Um, <clears throat> season three, most of the stuff uh, was pretty much um deathmatch wrestling. We got XPW. We got Nick yeah. Gage. We got yeah, FMW. Yeah. I mean, those are great episodes, but I could see. For the casual viewer's perspective, that if it's too much, well, you know, I see. I mean, it's a good question to ask. You should definitely ask on Monday. But my thing about it is that if you're going to watch specials on wrestling, you have to be prepared to watch 
it's not all Hulk Hogan and vitamins. Exactly. There's, this <laughs> we'll, is, get to, we'll, get real, a, we'll get to him in a bit too. You know, you watch, you used to watch E! True Hollywood stories. You know, you're not going to see happy stories of George Reeves shaking hands with little kids. Motherfucker blew his brains out at the end. It's, it's, you know, he was Superman, but you know, shit happens. You know, people have fucked up shit and the reality behind those things isn't always good and what people have to do to stay relevant it's the you know there's plenty of stuff like that i watch videos online about you know the stuff behind a lot of these youtube celebrities and what 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 happened to them and and it's very similar to a lot of these wrestling promotions a lot of wrestlers you know they don't know how to handle whatever little fame you get and you do whatever yeah. it takes and it's just it's all the same story just from different jobs Mm-mm-mm. So those are the two main questions I'm going to have for him on Monday. If the backlash from wrestlers and a small segment of the fans factor into how they want to craft season four and what happened to the Mike Awesome episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't That's doubt if it is going to be an episode unless they're going to use it for mm-hmm. one of the other ones. Unless it's one of those things where they just didn't get the, the permission from the family. Imagine they could have, because they would remember last last fall when the first um, article came out. The first three episodes that was revealed was um, Chris Candido slash Sunny, Mike Awesome, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they'll tell a narrative between the two of them instead of it just being a whole a sole episode. <clears throat> I mean, the only ones I could see um, him being on is Bash at the Beach two thousand and um, Bam Bam Bigelow. That's the only two I can really see him on. Yeah. I feel that he does deserve his own. I mean, I think every wrestler at some point deserves their own full retrospect. You know, if you're going to do a whole thing on fucking Mike Bourne, you could definitely do a whole episode on friggin' Mike Awesome. Oh, I also going to ask them on Monday if this vice um, bankruptcy is going to affect how they want to do season five, whether if it gets shopped off to a different network. Interesting. I think it, I hope they can get picked up by a different network because I hope so too. Uh, I, 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 don't hate Vice, but man, Vice will have some real good products and real good shows, and then they'll have a lot of shit, and that lot of shit, and they would have Vice TV, and Vice TV never shows the shit that you're looking for. Yeah, that's supposed it's, to be an independent outlet, if you remember. <laughs> they were well, supposed they ha- to be. Every every uh, one of these people have a narrative. And you know they're going. It's not a narrative they're they're solidified in. What they're looking for a narrative is what's giving them the most views. If they see alien abducted, um, you know, KKK clan people want to see more of this content, you're going to see a lot more of that content because they don't have more high ground they're going to create content that's going to gear to people watching as that's why we see a lot of these artists going oh i'm going to do my own thing at the end of the day wow man you'll be really good money <laughs> you do what the money takes it's, it's nothing you can do about it i can't fault them but you know i it was good that the people who make the show it's their show it's just being brought to you by vice so hopefully they can shop it around somewhere else and before we get to the predictions, finally, uh, superstar, superstar Billy Graham passed away this week. 
He had yep. a long battle in the hospital in the last year or so. And even goes back years before we had this liver transplant. It's been health issues ever since with him. Um, we are not going to sit here and, and um, not, you know, talk about how his him, ste- yeah. yeah, but his steroid use over the years got to him. But it's sad. I mean, me and you probably talked, and we probably talked about how it's so crazy that this guy was the poster child for steroids, yet he outlived most of the other guys who supposedly died because of steroids. And that's so weird. Yeah, it there's is weird. Some, I mean, there's other even, factors. Even back in the 70s, when this shit wasn't even illegal yet, people used to eat, inject that shit like it was candy. But the point is, at the end of the day, is why did a guy like Billy Graham live this long, but guys like Bulldog and all these other guys, Guerrero, and died so young? Died so young. They kept making correlations. The news would go, the correlations is steroid abuse and young death of wrestlers. But yet, Billy Graham was 87? He was No, he was about to turn 80. Oh, about to turn 80. Still eighty fucking. He lasted forty more years than British Bulldog. He died at forty, right? You come on. It's like, so maybe the steroid abuse isn't the only factor. We need to look in other factors of why these wrestlers died so young. That's the point that no one wants to bring up. You you posted a promo before Billy Graham even died, where he talked (laughs) about. Yeah, literally, I'm sorry. I, literally, I literally had to laugh when I watched that. Shit, no, it man. wasn't even your fault. It was like you found this clip of uh, Billy Graham talk about shooting anabolic steroids to be genetically before superior his match, before his match before with his Bob match Backlund. Bob Backlund, and yet he lived to be eighty, almost eighty years old. But Bulldog died, and and, and Guerrero died, and all Boss these guys man, died. All these Boss. guys, and you question, you question, you question, like. Was there other factors? There was 100%. It couldn't just be the steroids. There's millions of baseball players and football players over the years that took steroids and none of them died. Nope. They, the news, well, Lawrence Taylor is still alive and he took a lot of... LT okay. did all the drugs in the world and he is still alive for now. Hopefully we don't hope we just didn't kill him off. Jeez. But the point is Dude, that... Can you imagine... I, sorry. Can you imagine um, getting into a road rage incident with LT in his prime? Dude's going to fucking kill you. He was a beast, bro. He was ridiculous. He was who he was for a reason. But the idea is at the end of the day, the news just wanted to make a correlation between steroids and this, never thinking of all the other factors of why these guys died. Yeah. You know, you know, and they and they don't want to because they don't actually care about the wrestlers. They care about a news program to talk about steroids. Yes, we know steroids a bit. I think I've talked about it on this podcast where I've said that you talk so much shit about steroids, but you, there's no scientific fact that has ever been produced that proved that steroids made people better athletes. It's 100% not true. There's been case no, study after course, case no, study, case not. study. It, it's a, why they think they do better. It's the placebo effect that made them work better. You could just outlaw beer because Babe Ruth hit more home runs than anybody else. He was fat, smoked cigars, and drank beer. And he was hitting home runs left and right. So where's that correlation? Maybe the guy is just talented and just felt he needed to use because he thought it would give him an advantage. Wrestlers, bodybuilders, they want an advantage. 
And, and steroids provide an advantage to look a certain way. It doesn't mean you are. Exactly. It gives you the look of have of being featured on a poster or yes. a freaking baseball card or whatever the fuck. But even at that time, <clears throat> it wasn't all about the work rate. Everybody just did simple moves. And then forget about that. It's a simple fact that look at Scott Steiner. <laughs> yeah. Good shit. The dude's still going. And he he's legitly a genetic freak. His catchphrase is genetic freak. Well, without um Billy Graham, we wouldn't have gotten the showman of um Ventura, Hulk Hogan, Steiner, uh, who else? And pretty much everyone else on that list. You you could say he was the first air quote superstar in the modern era at that time. Billy Graham was the first star that had the look of what would become the the blueprint of professional wrestling. Yes. Guys like Ventura and Hogan all took from him. My wife just literally brought up, look at Lex Luger, who's literally in a wheelchair oh, right now. He's in a wheelchair right now, but Luger was another. He, he was, was another. A, he was another uh, roided up dude. He wanted to look a certain way. Ultimate Warrior wanted to look a certain way. And that look and style all came from Billy Graham. There was nobody before Billy Graham. People look like Bruno San Martino. People were bruises and hairy and, and larger. And they weren't all. San Martino, Frank Gotch, um, yeah. some of the other guys before him, too. They never had that uh, gladiator look. No, because that wasn't what real strong people look like. Strong people were just big and strong. You know, Tor Johnson, George M. will steal later on, which was what Tor Johnson was the prototype of. Uh, you have these old school wrestlers that all, if you ever go want to see what old school wrestlers go look like, you go look at the movie Mighty Joe Young, the original. In the movie, he uh, he does a tug of war with these strong guys, and they were all professional wrestlers. And if you look at them, you're not going to identify a, one of them from looking from any other because they all had that 50s look. Yep. They all had the trunks or the long black pants. They were all kind of hairy. Some of them were bald. Some of them were not bald. But they wasn't until um, the wrestler who did uh, Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. Came up, Gorgeous George came up with the first character. Matter of fact, Looney Tunes parodied that by making the Ravishing Rano. And he'd come out with the, with the perfume and prancing around why because they would see gorgeous george and he was the prototype you know and everybody else was like killer kowalski with these these balding bruisey hairy monster wrestlers that would hit punch kick and do these moves it wasn't a bruno to a bruno was the 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 italian american uh, uh um protege of the good guy and hard work and determination and I'm going to be your champion. I'm going to win. And people are like, geez, I love that kid. And I want to see him when, even though he was like 50. And then Billy Graham shows up on the scene. You're like, what is that? Huh, yeah. You're like, that is not what wrestlers look like. Look at Ric Flair Dude, in the 70s. It, I compare Billy Graham showing up in the 70s to transitioning from black and white TV to color. It's, it was eye-opening, the character performance. Yes. Everything changed with him. It's 100% true. It's, he was that. So you can't take that away from him. And you can't because he understood the assignment, man. He knew what needed to be done. 
And that's the difference. That's what he, his legacy should be, not because of the steroids, not because he was probably abusive to his wife. That's got nothing to do with anything. We'll talk about for wrestling. Without him, there is no Jesse Ventura. Without him, there is no Hulk Hogan. Without him, there is none of these guys. Yeah, that's true. For good or bad. I'm not saying it was a good thing either. Because, you know, there was all those poor wrestlers that had to take steroids because they had to look like Billy Graham's body. Which is not good. That's not good either. Because a lot of those wrestlers will tell you to their face, I didn't want to take steroids. But if I wanted to get paid and make sure I got seen on TV, I needed to look a certain way. And that's what sucks. They would do it because of that, which is not fair. That's, you know, you shouldn't have to physically alter yourself for a job, but that's fine. But you can't say that that didn't bring more. See, the problem is controversy that came out of it was the reason why the boom happened in the first place. So Billy Graham, Kerry Von Eric was another another example. Well, yeah, but he was never that. He had the body. Yeah, I'm talking about the look. The look. Yeah. a lot of those guys, like I mentioned, Walter Warren, none of those guys had the charisma. You look at Carrie. Graham. You look at Carrie, and then the other two brothers, um, Carrie would look like a behemoth standing next to them. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. But you know, it is what it is. It's it's a, it's a sad loss. But if he was suffering, it's good that he's not suffering anymore. End of story. Let's get to double nothing predictions. Take a place in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, we got nine matches here. Okay, see, I, I I watch every week. I still don't know the full card. I wasn't paying attention to like the card. I just know I'm going to watch the pay per view. I'm now going. I'm now going to watch it next week. I just didn't know uh, who who's. There. I might know the match when you mention them, but well, I have it right in front of me, and they need to do a better job of promoting the show because I barely see it promoted everywhere. Hmm. We have um, just... Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho in the unsanctioned match. Right, that I knew. I, I knew about that. Now, here's my thing with this. You're going to have an unsanctioned match and an Anarchy in the Arena match on the same show. One of these need to be shortened. This is going to be the short one. 100% it, this is not this is the short. Yeah, that's fine. I think that was good. a good feud for Adam Cole to come back is to work with a really seasoned vet who can get the heat that needs to be generated, which we all know Jericho knows how to generate heat. He's he's good at what he does. And he's also safe to work with. You know he's going to protect Adam Cole, and you know they're going to have a good show. So. Speaking about standing next to each other, Jesus, Jericho looks like a behemoth standing next to Adam Cole. Cole needs you know, to so, do something to beat him. It's fine. Once again, it's wrestling. I don't care. I think it's going to be great. People love Adam Cole. My daughter loves Adam Cole. Everyone loves it. It's working. And it does the it's this is not this is like we said, this is not 1980s where no one oh, of course anymore. not, but I'm we're, saying the presentation. We're having fun. <laughs> I think it's fine. Adam Cole is so over and he will win. I he's definitely gonna win the match. West, what I love about Jericho's position, Jericho can lose and still be Jericho and have a feud, and no one will say, Well, that doesn't make sense. He keeps losing because it's Jericho. You know, he he'll do a great storyline, they're gonna have a good thing. They made it work, and I'm happy to see it. And I think this should be the opening match, personally. I think this is the match that should open the show. I don't think I it is, but I think, think it, it should. It I should. don't think it should. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. Because Anarchy and Arena should be last. So this show, like you said, being because the matches are going to be not somewhat similar, 
but similar enough because there's no like there's no it's no basically it's a no DQ match basically. So the idea is that it should it should start the matchup near the beginning of the card. So that way, by the time you get to the Anarchy in the Arena, you don't feel like this is too close together. Oh no, there's there's another gimmick match on this pay per view. Okay, but my choice is uh, Adam Cole. Yeah, hundred <clears> percent. <throat> Nine matches here. Uh, one of these should be put to the pre-show. Also, it probably will be. Uh, let's see. We got the Firm versus the Hardy Party in a six-man tag team match. And there is fun. your. Uh, there's your. There's your pre-show match. Go ahead. Yes, and <laughs> and it should be pre-show to punish Jeff Hardy. Uh, if Hardy Party wins, Matt will own Ethan Page's contract, whatever that's supposed to mean. It's fine. That's what the storyline is going because they own Matt Hardy's contract. That's all good. Uh, I'm happy that the firm is pretty much gone because it it was one of those things that should have worked as being hires for MJF. But, you know, storylines get messed up. It happens everywhere. Problem is that Stokely got uh, deleted, which is good. That's done, by the way. The the full deleted uh, match is way better than what they showed on TV. I was shocked. I watched the TV version going, I feel like this is edited because it was edited for time, obviously. Uh, so they had the director's cut, which is the, the full version on AEW's thing. Very much, it, it worked better. I was shocked because I was like, sometimes the Matt Hardy you know, cinematic matches can be really a lot of fun and sometimes it can be really not so great. Uh, this worked. It, it did good. It was better than I expected. It was better than it looked like on TV. Anyway, uh, uh, the firm is losing. Ethan Page is going to go with the Hardys, and they're going to do a thing there. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. We have uh, Jay Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie for the AEW TBS Championship. Does See, any- here's, here's what's crazy. She destroyed two jobbers yesterday because I got to see uh, on YouTube, so I got to know about it. Uh, and then Taya stopped her from reaching her 60th victory. So my question is, how does this story get told? Does Ty lose and then Jade reaches 60 and then someone else comes back out and someone maybe re-debuts? Like I was really hoping for Chris Statlander personally. You know, I or don't do think, you have I do not think this match will go beyond six minutes. No, but I'll tell you, Ty really worked well with Jade. It's really odd because there's other wrestlers who are very talented that couldn't work with Jade. Ty did a much better job of helping Jade do a match. Not saying that Ty is fantastic, because I don't think she's like fantastic. I think she's a very capable female wrestler. But when they wrestled together, I was really afraid of like the uh, bigger, like uh, this is the female Haas match, what you would call that, right? And I was afraid that it would look like a, a shitty Haas match, and they didn't. They actually had a very good match. I love that. Uh, Ty couldn't use the finisher. I love the little nuances of her having to try to do different stuff. And Jade is getting better, which is good to see. Because there's been a lot of people we've seen that got pushed who were like, um, not like two years down the line, they didn't improve. She has completely, she's always had the character down pat. Jade was very good at her character. She understood that well. Uh, she's just getting better as a wrestler. She, and she's not making the same mistakes that she used to make, which is fantastic. You want to see improvement. Uh, but yeah, like you remember, you said, remember it... that match she had with Athena last year? Oof. She's yeah. miles better now than she was then. Oh, 100%. 
Uh, I'm happy about that. But the idea is that Ty really has helped her. I don't know if they've been working together backstage that we don't know about. But you see an improvement in the last, I mean, a, a huge improvement in the last few months. I, and, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I also think this match will probably get cut time because, again, we have, let's see, one, two, three gimmick matches. Right. So uh, I feel like this, like a five, six, seven match, maybe a 10 minutes at most match is great. But my problem is I don't know who should win. Like logic dictates that Jade should win to reach 60, right? Get that milestone because that's a big thing, right? A milestone, you know? Uh, she has to eventually lose. We know that. But do I think Ty Valkyrie should be the one who does it? And I don't feel that she should. Maybe this will be the fucked finish where maybe Ty wins due to... Um, it wins, but it's not a title change, you know, the, which we never like to see in wrestling, but obviously it happens all the time in wrestling. So if anywhere that should happen, it should happen in this match. Ty Vakery wins the match, but it's not won because of a pinfall. And I don't know if that affects her record or like it's due to interference. I don't know how that would work. Because if she if Jade loses a match by not by being pinned, I feel like it would be a funky record thing. So I feel like Jade just needs the straight one. I'm going to say Jade wins. I'm going with Jade also. <laughs> we have all right. This is going to be a mouthful. The Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite and the Anarchy in the Arena match. I'm gonna skip this entirely because I really don't give a shit who wins. I I'm actually very excited for this match. My daughter's excited for this match. My wife's excited for this match. We just want to say it's good. Uh, However, I will add this: What are we going to see different with Moxie that we've seen all the time? Do blades literally on camera now? It's beyond pathetic. Yeah, I mean, it's become a joke that he. I remember he had a match where he didn't bleed, and I was so shocked. I was like, he, he didn't bleed, but that's not a John Moxley match. <laughs> um, but if anywhere it should happen, it should happen in a match like this, right? And this it is will where happen. you use it for. This is where you need to use it for in this type of match. You know, um it blood is important to 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 tell a story, but not when it happens every week. One hundred percent agree with that. Uh we all can agree with that. Moxie just that's like his thing. I don't know. It's I can't say why it's his thing, but I feel like, you know, he's done a lot for the company. And him being a bad guy now is great. I think it works good to see him have because the kind of character he was, it was kind of hard to be like, How are you a good guy? You know what I'm saying? Like Mox come out do this shit. Like, well, you're you're an asshole, right? Like we, we want to hate you, but we but I want to cheer you. It's like when are you going to just turn heel? And I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that these guys are heels. Uh, and it works for the dynamic for the match. And um, I don't know who is going to win. I think with Jade retaining, Adam Cole's winning his match. I feel like if anyone's going to lose this match, it would have to be the Blackpool Compact Club, but it will be on Yuta to take the pin. Uh, that's who's going to take the fall in the group. Um, so I don't 
I, I want to say the Elite's going to win, but I it's a really hard decision because Blackpool Combat Club could also win and like further the story. But I feel like they've done a lot of damage to, to the Elite. So storyline-wise, it would should be the Elite that wins this match. So I'm just going to say the Elite, but uh, it can go either way. I make no choice of this. I just know that it's going to be a car crash. and they will, I'm going to enjoy it. This match will probably get the most minutes out of any other match because everyone wants to get their shit in. Well, first off, when you're having a uh, four-on-four match, it should get the most time. It's a lot of wrestlers, a lot of main event wrestlers. So, yeah, that, that should be the longest match on the card. Hmm. Personally, that's what it should be. We have Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. There's no reason for Jamie Hayter to lose. The I title. was going to say the same exact thing. Jamie should retain. It's, I mean, ever since she's won the belt, she's been losing a lot of steam. Right, but there's been a good storyline that just just it's it's like I love the the idea originally. Hey, we're gonna bring in uh, Soraya and we're gonna be happy for her, but the fans are like, you know what though? Every time she opens her mouth, I don't want to like her. So they realize, okay, we'll make a bad, and that was smart move. Just when it doesn't work, make a bad. Which John Cena should have been bad years ago. <laughs> Lots of guys say Bret Hart, like, I don't want to ever be bad. Like, dude, you used to be bad. Just be bad. So they switched it over nice. I love the the buildup and how they added people, how things work. I like Sheeta was going to turn, but she didn't turn. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, but I feel that Jamie needs a decisive victory to solidify her championship. And now she did it before, but I feel at this time, as a face, it's important because the fans fucking love her. So 100% yes. Jamie Hayter. Do it without Britt Baker interfering or anything, please. Right. Please. Or if they, or if someone tries to show up, they get stopped at the ramp, does not interfere with the match, kind of a thing like that. If you you want them to come out to get the pop from the crowd, of course you want the people to be to get pop. Keep them. I like when they keep them on the ramp and not near the ring. Let's see here. We have the. 21-man Blackjack Battle Royal for the International Championship. My God, if Orange Cassidy actually retains this, I am going to lose my shit. I absolutely love Orange Cassidy, and the fans absolutely love Orange Cassidy, and I feel that this is where he's going to... No, no, I'm, I'm not saying people like him or not, but the idea of having a guy like Powerhouse Hobbs and some of the other guys in this match to lose to this guy in a Battle Royal, that's too much comedy for me. No, it's not even comedy. He's done a good job of having matches with people where, like, he's been what they've been telling the story of him being abused and abused. He's broken and he's broken week after week and he finds a way to win. That's a great story. And I love the idea he does not back down. He's like, all right, I'll do it, whatever. I don't care. And I think that's great because it's one of those character developments. So even if he loses, no one would say, well, you know. He lost because of whatever. He lost because he put himself in a match he doesn't even need to. I love that the fact that he, as a champion, he did not even have to participate in this, right? And he's like, all right, I'm going to be in it. I'll be in it. It's like, but you shouldn't have to be in it. You're the champ. They should be fighting for that spot. He's like, fuck it. I'll be in it. And I love that about the character because that's not the normal way this stuff is done, right? You wouldn't see other champions put themselves in a match that he could lose without even being the guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I what, love that. I, I, did, 
think what it's has, a great idea. What has this partnership with um, Powerhouse Hobbit QT Marshall done for him? Nothing. Mm, no. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. I agree. Uh, I, I love Powerhouse Hobbs, and I think he's a great young talent. And I'm going to tell you, I feel – see, I don't know who all the um, – do we know all the participants? Not yet, besides Not yet. Um, those well, three a, and Aaron Solo. Right, because it's like uh, – because you're going to find the draw on the numbers, right? Because it's, it's, it's like the uh, – oh, shit, this might open up the show. Cause didn't, Dude, this, do you remember the last Battle Royal that opened up the show? How how much of a wet fart that went after it? Which which one? It was the one when MJF um won. Was that the did that open the show? Yeah, it did. It was when MJF was masked. That was at um all out last year. Oh, that was last year. Okay, yeah. No, I know I remember that. That was the last one. And yes. that opened. Yes, that opened. Well, that was smart to open it because you it you, wasn't that, smart because it deflated the crowd. About two seconds, so the next match happened, and everyone fucking loved it. And that's the idea. It, sometimes, with matches like Battle Royals, if you put them on in the middle, it's a good spot. But sometimes it's better off to get it away at the beginning. The fans were hot until a point. Of course, the MJF steal, and then, you know, whatever. But I feel like at the end of the day, that it didn't affect the pay per view. It just had a bad ending. Which is well, it was, uh, I mean, that followed up with two horrible matches. Um, after that, if you were the two, no, I don't remember. I don't <laughs> Wait, remember. You actually do not remember. <laughs> no, dude, I don't. I, I don't retain that. No, I'm not. I don't work for like Wrestle Talk where I need to like know every champion chronological order. I just fucking watch and then I'll forget if I did. All right. If it after meant- after that, it was the Elite versus Hangman Page of the Dark Order. That was a tournament final for the trios belt. Went twenty minutes. Oh, yeah. Then oh, it was yeah, Jay Cargill versus Athena. Killed the fucking crowd, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that... I didn't think the Dark Order one was bad, but the, the Athena match was just because Jade was just not capable. Not not that she was not capable, she just wasn't at the level she needed to be at. Because Athena is at a certain level she expects everybody else to be. Instead of her being... Athena is not a... She can lead a match, but she expects everyone to be where she is. Yep. As opposed to working with someone... Who isn't? That's the difference between Ty Valkyrie. Ty Valkyrie goes, okay, I've worked with some really shitty female wrestlers. I have to make them look good. And she knew how to work with that. Athena did not do that. So that's the problem. Okay, there we go. We figured it out. Damn, boom, we solved the problem. Okay, go back on. Uh, I feel that I don't think Orange Cassidy is winning. I definitely think he's going to lose the title, and it's fine. But we don't know everyone in the match to dictate who can win. So I feel if anyone should do it, it, it would be Hobbs. If, and if Orange Cassidy retains... I would love to see how they tell that story without him being completely broken. And the, the idea is that he's been being broken down week after week after doing all these matches, and he's being broken and broken and broken. So even if he was to retain, whoever would win, whoever would fight him next would win regardless. Dude, so if, if he retains, I could just think of the finish right in my head. The last two people in that ring eliminates each other, and then somehow somehow when people um start realizing that Orange Cassidy didn't get eliminated yet, he just slowly gets back in the ring. See, I don't think they would ever do that. I think it would be... If oh, it's gonna know, be something like that. Knowing whoever um books all this shit, I kind of do think they'll go for it. I would never expect... That, that's not an AEW thing. What you're going to see, that's a WWE Royal Rumble thing, 100%. Logan Paul wasn't eliminated. Oh, shit, he shows back up later. Yeah, I know, because I saw him never go over the top rope. The AEW doesn't do that. 
most likely Orange Cassidy would sit in the corner, let the two idiots fight each other, and then he would flip them both over. That would be an AEW thing. That That's, would be the thing. <clears throat> but I, I don't know who would win it. So I, I think we should just call this an NA because we don't know all the contenders. So all right. We have this is probably the only match I'm actually looking forward to. Wardlow versus Christian Cage in a ladder match for the AEW TNT Championship. When these two uh, first started feuding, I thought to myself, finally someone can elevate Wardlow, and that's yeah. Christian because he's elevated a lot oh, of people, whether if it's a WWE or TNA. So yeah. this can and help. What he did with with the Jurassic Express, he did phenomenal by being with them. He did great stuff. And then his whole feud with Jungle Boy, it, it got a little delayed because of injury, but it never lost its momentum because when he came back, people were like, yes, oh shit, I remember everything you said. That was hurtful because Christian is that fucking good. And I'm glad because he deserves that shit, Christian. Like, you know, like he honestly would all do respect to Edge. I've enjoyed Christian's time more than Edge's time. And not that Edge is terrible. He's fucking phenomenal. Come on, he's a fucking Edge. He's yeah, a legend. But I felt like his comeback was squandered on Randy Orton. And then when he created the the, the Judgment Day, and I mean, then they judge, judgment day Judgment Day is much better now. No, yeah, hundred percent. It yeah. didn't work. And what happened was at the end of the day, then it went on for too long. And it went on to basically now. And that was the problem. At least with this, Christian came back. The thing is over with Jungle Boy. They are fully apart from each other, which is great. He helped Jungle Boy get that push that he needed to go on his own. And now he's doing the same thing for Wardlow. And I think that's great because that's a position for a guy like Christian to be in. Hmm. I think Wardlow is going to retain here. Um, also, the whole thing with Luchasaurus mask, apparently the the judge did not throw this case out. It's going to move forward, um, apparently. So how is he able to still use it? That's going to be a good question. Good. Well, it's just... kind of a, it's a slightly altered mask this time. So maybe that's the difference. Uh, uh, I had I got to send you the link to that because I read that back on Thursday. We thought this whole thing was going to get thrown out. I kind of suspected that it wouldn't. Turns out they're moving forward with the um, entire case. I guess it's more about merchandise more than just him wearing it. Is that what this is all about? Merchandise and um, intellectual property from the person who made the mask. I saw the original mask. It looks nothing like these masks, for fuck's sake. I'm just so... I don't want to say like I don't side with talent. But for fuck's sake, when you create something that people can use, like, it's just weird. I find it weird. The same thing with the lady sued for a tattoo. I feel like it's weird. Like, there's... I mean, we kind of, we could say it's weird, but the artists do uh, need their credit and their royalties. If If you created a product and it was made and it was, you sold it. And if you didn't specify and have this thing where saying you can't use this anywhere else, that's on you to know your business. Just like a tattoo person needs to fucking wake up and know what the fuck they are. You know well, that Betty because, Page you well, have on your arm? Well, you because didn't of fucking create Betty Page, you know what I'm saying? Well, Everyone could have a fucking Betty Page on their arm, asshole. Because like, of that whole thing with um, WWE 2K, now it's happening with other um, gaming franchises. I feel. It's a little stupid. I feel there is a balance that needs to be made between what artists deserve and what 
artists should realize, especially because the tattoo artists. Oh, it's not just it's not only tattoos. Um, you didn't get uh, WWE 2K 23 yet. You but... know I don't buy them this shit. I'm no, not giving them money. Here's, so here's, some, here's something that's um caught everyone's attention. Um, the Edge 2006 uh, model. You know his rated R logos, right? That how you normally see it. Yeah, that's gone in WWE 2K because the artists who drew it did not receive royalties. So they had to create their own. The letter R with the weird little backing. The R with the um star and um the um font. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. They WWE 2K had to Holy um, shit. Yeah. Hey babe, the, the, we need the, to go. We need to go same, find out dude, who the has same skulls thing. that you drew, and we can start the, suing all the guys who got skulls. But apparently, that's a thing we could do now. Oh, the same thing happened with um Rob Van Dam's uh, ring attire. Yeah, it's on the two K twenty two though, not this year. Last year's game, um, they brought in RVD as a DLC, but the costume was not accurate to what was on his last appearance on WWE TVs because they didn't want to pay the royalties for the person. Who designed Van Dam's um, ring gear? Uh, they had to co- completely change it. Okay, well that was hand done though. His his singlets were always done by a certain artist who that created specifically that he paid to use it for that night or whatever he would wear. It wasn't some generic gear he got paid by a company. He he had a pers- RVD always used this one airbrush artist. Yeah, no, I know you're talking about. They that, showed him okay, a few. Yeah, that's that's different. You see what I'm saying? A tattoo is like you go to a tattoo parlor. I'm shit sure that about 65 percent of everyone's tattoos in tattoo parlors, they did not personally create is their personal is there because I know tattoo artists and I know I, that those motherfuckers and I told them <laughs> to their face like, yo, man, someone's going to fucking sue your ass. You keep drawing this Tasmanian devil with the blunt or whatever the fuck it is, like because, you know, you don't own that. And you know what those tattoo artists would tell me? Well, it's just on their art. It's not on their body. It's not like the. it's like it's not going to inhibit those companies. It's like so you see what I'm saying? Like they didn't give a fuck when they would do it. But holy shit. (laughs) Whether it's tattoo art or logo art, art is art. You're talking to the wrong person. My wife's a fucking artist. I know that. But there's a balance. There may be a balance, but that doesn't mean shit in the court of law, Rob. (laughs) No, there's a balance. No one the fuck. You just fucking sue him because this is a high profile. It's the most money you're ever going to get out of some shit. Shut the fuck up. RVD things I get, though, because he personally hired that guy to make his original art on his outfits. There is a difference. 100%. Yes, WWE2K did not want to pay the artist. That's some bullshit. See, that, that's stupid, too. It depends how much he asked, right? But with the Luchasaurus mask, whatever, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Or it might be a small monetary. This person's going to sue and then they're going to make back the money they think they're going to make. But go on. Let's see. We have FTR versus Jeff oh, Jarrett. No. We you 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 said Wardlow. I didn't pick my. Uh, oh, who do you I, think I, is going to win? I was originally thinking Christian would win, but since it's for the title, I think Wardlow has to retain, but just barely. <clears throat> we have FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, aka Team TNA, for the AEW yep. Tag Team Championship. Mark Briscoe will serve as the special guest referee. This is where I believe Mark will turn on FTR and join the Jarrett. Planet Jarrett, as they used to call it back in the day, and Windows damn TNA tag team belts so Jeff Jarrett can create the um gold company again. Well, I'm gonna tell you, 
it has been really fun segments. And I was shocked by that. How actually funny. That's, that's because Jeff Jarrett knows how to be a heel in 2023. He really does get it. He, you know what? We talk, I, I, we've said so much shit about Jarrett over the years. Yep. He's made a lot of stupid mistakes. But I will tell you something. I have grown to appreciate him as a wrestler. I've been seeing a lot of his old matches. And I realized, god damn. I just didn't like him because his outfit. Because I was younger, I'm like that outfit looks stupid. But man, was he a competent wrestler? He was very good wrestler, dude. So I've had it for so many years. The only time I've ever tolerated him was his WCW '99 and 2001 run. Uh, didn't stand, <laughs> didn't stand him in TNA, especially with his reign of terror. Uh, yes. Couldn't stand him in WWE. Uh, couldn't stand him in GCW. Coming on as the Undertaker. <laughs> But you know what? I'll let it go because the idea at the end of the day is that like he's finding ways to work with these yeah, talents of work, and he's doing it the right way. He said he didn't want to win the titles. He said he came to the company. He wants to tell stories. He wants to be part of the thing. But I feel like if they won it, I wouldn't be mad that the bad guys said like if Briscoe was the reason for it. I think that's great. <clears throat> and I did a good way because I I really enjoyed the whole segments he's done with Mark Briscoe, and I'm I'm shocked because like I didn't think I would. He he's because he's at that level where he stopped being the reign of terror, like you said. Why we hated him so much to TNA is because it's I don't mind him being a heel and winning some matches, but it's, it's the your same company shit all the time. When he and you remember kept, it was a title match with Jarrett, you kept winning belt after belt that you didn't need to win. Like you, you were at that stage in your career back then that you didn't need to win, right? And and you did. He had some great matches with some him and Kurt Angle had some great matches. They had some great, great chemistry. And he's always had great chemistry. And he still does. So it works. And I would definitely believe that I agree with you. FTR losing to it. And I don't think FTR minds. I think it's telling a grander story. And I think it got over organically. And that's where it counts, right? It got over organically because at first, like, oh, God damn, Jeff Jarrett, what the fuck? And then you realize, like, oh, no, this he gets it. He gets what he's doing here. He gets what his position is. like Because he's not doing the Hogan where he's like, I won't lose it. That, that, this doesn't work for me, brother. Oh, well, well, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. So main event, MJF, Sammy Givera, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, Darby Allen. First of all, I don't like how this is being promoted as a four pillars match because this company was created by the Bucks, Omega, and um, Cody Rhodes, not by these four. And second, it's crazy how MJF is the only one that comes across as the main inventor than these four guys. And listening to Jack Perry, this guy needs a lot more work on the mic, especially the fact that he was at a convention last week and saying, oh, I do not like doing promos. I'm like, Okay, so what? Anyone else could do a five-star match. What sets you aside? So I think MJF is retaining by pinning. Um, if it was me, I'll have. If it was me, I would have MJF pinning Jungle Boy just to teach 100%. him a, just to teach him a lesson. But I think well, he's. My- gonna, I think he's going to pin um Sammy Givera. I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. the four pillars and what it stands for are the four talents that became known in AEW. It's not the founder. They're not the foundation. They are hey, the Rob, pillars. Known, known to who? No, no, no. 
you're watching AEW, you know. I'm not talking about people who don't watch wrestling. I don't give a fuck about people who don't watch wrestling. They're not watching wrestling. I don't give a fuck if they know who MJF is. I don't give a fuck if they know who any of these people are because most people who don't watch wrestling don't know who any fucking buddy is anymore. And I don't care about that. I'm talking about for wrestling fans. The people who are watching the fucking product, these guys are the pillars. They know that because the foundation was laid by the guys that founded the company. And that's the elite, right? What you call the pillars are the structure that came in and started to build up the building. And that is these four guys, 100%. And that's the point of those guys. They came from not being the main event to being the main event. And that's a big step forward. I think it works well because they've all found ways in different aspects of their career over the last four years to reach this goal. You know, and they've all had some type of mentor. Uh, Sting with Darby, Jungle Boy with Christian, um, Sammy with Jericho, and MJF, of course, came through with Cody. And then he worked with Jericho. And then he worked with Punk. And he worked, you know what I'm saying? He, they have built who they are. And, and that's what that means. And that's exactly why it's called pillars and not the foundation. There is a difference. You know, you don't. Yeah, it's it's not, too bad that Jack, Jack Perry doesn't handle himself like one of them. You know what? He'll find his way. It takes. Fi- hold on, people- find his way. You're in a main event of a world championship match. What do you mean finding his way? There's been guys worse off in a main event hell? match that didn't belong there. That's that's like that is like guys Sting, that didn't dude. That was like Sting showing up at Starcade '97 without a tan. But we'll get to that in a bit too. Okay. Say, I don't know what. See, I don't watch WCW. So I have no idea what the fuck that means. What the fuck, man? The, meaning you, you're showing up unprepared. Oh, because he didn't have a tan. I don't get it. We'll get to that in a bit. But anywho, okay. Um, anyway. MJF is retaining by pinning Sammy. Yeah, one hundred percent. MJF is not losing this title. But I love the build up of this match. I think everyone has done good. I, I, the problem is with Jungle Boy, he does not have the mic skills. There have been millions of champions over the years who have been in main events that can't fucking talk for shit. Jungle Boy is not terrible. He's just not great on the mic. He's okay. If that's the he case, can... what are you doing in the main event? You're trying to sell... What was you're Kali trying... doing in the main event? <laughs> Hold on. You are, you are trying to sell this shit on me, um, Jungle Boy. What are you doing in the main event if you have no work ethic? We talk about no work ethic. The kid's got tons of work ethic. I'm, He's I mean, on, my, on the microphone. Yeah, but there's been tons of champions who fucking can't talk. <laughs> Holy shit. Kane again, had a again. title, can't talk. Fucking again, shit. Rob. There's been guy after guy after Rob. guy in every company who can't talk shit. Fucking shit, Scott Steiner could barely Rob. put a sentence together. We love him. Rob. He's a fucking idiot. We mean Rob. Rob. No, it's wrong. He's what good. Is... He's not the main event. Rob, He's part of did... the main event. That did not answer my question. What is he doing out here off um screen talking about? He doesn't like taking advice from guys. Okay, once all again, these promos. And you're did in the main say... event. What wait, is wait, he doing? He said that he only taking advice from guys. Yeah, the convention. He yeah, he did at the convention last weekend. He said, "I don't take advice." Was that from a... guys. Yeah, was that a panel? Show me that. I want to see that he actually okay. said. I want you to say that he actually said that I don't take advice. Because you said bring that it up right now. Before. Bring it up because that is some shit. Okay, not being good on the mic and not like talking, Mike, that's fine. I get that. You have to talk, though, bro. That's how it works. And he does, he takes the mic and he talks. 
But to say that he don't take advice, that is some bullshit if he said that. No, no, he said it. It was on video last week. Find it. Oh, by the way, uh, there was a collection, as you're finding a clip, uh, of MJF Best Clips. And I'm watching it. And all of a sudden, I see you. Really? <laughs> yeah. Someone took a clip uh, when uh, MJF was talking about his figure is going to be the best figure ever and shit. So they had our segment. And part of Paul says the best MJF segments ever. Really? To date. Yeah. I need I need to find this now. Yeah, I got it. I'll have to. I'll, afterwards, I'll tell you. the. I'll send you the link of the video. And it's like a long so I mean, basically when he was talking shit about Diamond Dallas Page, when he was doing stuff with Chris Van Fleet, when he was talking to that one female like person who interviews people, he called her Tits McGee. Like <laughs> he said, What's your name? And she said her name he goes, All right, Tits McGee. It's like, damn, because MGF does that, he has no chill. And it was his whole segment. So all of a sudden, shit, sure enough, there's Julian on alternative minds talking to MJF. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. Get those segments. But it wasn't the whole interview. It was just that clip. Yeah, yeah, it was a clip of it, which I thought was pretty cute. That it was part of it. I was like, that's pretty cool. I wish they in the description would have credited all their segments, but you know, that's YouTube that happens. I don't get mad at that. I get mad when people steal the whole clip and claim it's theirs. Yeah, that that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah, I don't mind if you take a segment and you have it. That's cool. But I do not appreciate when you take the whole video. Like you, when you did the Batman, uh, the whole Batman gallery thing from yeah. one of the conventions. Some dude just straight up took it. Even had the how I knew it was our clip. It's our segment, our section. Even the hiccup where like you move the you move the camera at this Wait, certain hold spot. Hold on, someone hold on. Someone stole that video. Oh yeah, I, oh, don't worry. They got they got striked. <laughs> I got it taken down right away. I, I went to YouTube. I made a complaint put the strike in and then they, t- they had to take it down. Then they posted it again and they tried to put it backwards. Oh so then God. I went, I claimed it again and then took it again. So basically that video got two, that, that channel got two strikes in a row. All right. I found the link, but it's freaking um, pivoted right now. It was on YouTube for the last week already. I'm not, I'm not sure how you missed this one. I, I, I'm gonna I'm send shocked. it to you. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you right after when you this when one. you find it. We'll talk about it after. But I, no matter what, MJF is winning, and he's definitely pinning Jungle Boy. One hundred percent. Well, they better time to show correctly because yeah, we have be three fun. three gimmick matches. <laughs> well, my thing is at the end of the day, I don't mind if a show goes long like this one because it's on a holiday weekend, which is great for me. I don't mind like a late show if it's on a holiday weekend where I could sleep in late on the Monday. <laughs> but if your shit's on a day where I got to go work the next day, end that shit on time. <laughs> or put that shit on a Saturday. I noticed that Saturday pay-per-view is a lot more fun. Well, let's get back to that. Let's have that again. That's way more enjoyable. Yeah, it is, man. <laughs> Wrestling on the Saturday is just better. And I love when AEW was first. They had shows on Saturdays. I'm like, this is, this is, I can do this. Well, they weren't all on Saturdays, but they had a couple that were on Saturday. And I said, I, this is the way it should be for all wrestling shows. It should be Saturdays. All right. I'm going to send you the link when the yeah, later. show is over. No, but, no, no. I did find it. <laughs> all right. So before we go, uh, apparently Watch Mojo did a list of the most difficult wrestlers to work with. Have you seen this yet? Uh, no, I don't watch Watch Mojo. <laughs> I, I I normally don't these days, but that one because they pop- steal our shit. They've stole all the people I know's content, so like, yeah, yeah I can't. Uh, but this one caught my attention. So you want to know who the ten are? What? All right, 
Number 10 is Ryback. Duh. Go on. Number 9 is Loki. Yeah, I've heard some shit. And I've met Loki. I've worked with Loki like really early on. And he wasn't like that then. But um, yeah, I heard he's terrible. Number eight, which I'm surprised is not moved up, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> is this just randomly generated? Did Chat GPT put this list together? Okay. <laughs> hey, Chat GPT, name the 10 worst hardest to work with wrestlers. Okay. Here is Ryback. First, here is Loki. Here is Hogan. Is this in proper order? I don't know. <laughs> first of all, Chat GPT and the use of artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. I'm totally against. Uh, mm-hmm. Second of all, I'm glad um the SAG afters and everyone else is striking on it because this shit yeah. is bullshit. Yeah, also, I definitely um, think it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's very terrible. Um, Did you day earlier this week? Um, sent out an internal memo. <clears throat> well, it's going to be public soon, but they sent out an internal memo saying that um the use of artificial intelligence for all stories is banned. So I'm glad for that. Oh, I'm glad that the, your company is doing that because uh ethics you know and uh, i feel like you know the problem is what people don't understand about artificial intelligence it's that it's not actually creating it's stealing and copying and pasting what they've stole basically it's doing your homework from you but they're stealing from your friends yeah i know about four comic book artists whose artwork has been legitimately stolen by ai art and they've shown their references and say hey you know you're stealing my art they're not learning they're stealing it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, I'm I'm completely worried for the future because this is bullshit. Eh, it's not that I'm worried. I'm more about like we need to make people understand that you have to pay when you like something. When all this free shit can just do a few in seconds, their their lack of respect to the creator artists, especially I know we just talked about the tattoo sue and stuff, but I mean let's be real, there's a difference when you create something and you need to pay for it. Because no, what difference is at least with like when Luchasaurus had the mask, he paid for the mask. It was he purchased it. He didn't steal. He didn't AI generate a fucking mask. He fucking paid for it. You know, RVD paid for that airbrushing. All these guys are Radar R Superstar was paid. The, the talent was paid originally for the use of that trade. That use, you know, someone had gotten some type of money at some point. When you use AI, no one's making money. Hmm. That's a problem. No one's fucking making money because it's AI is free. Yes, and this I and I think this strike could go even longer now than it did fifteen years ago. Was it really fifteen years ago? Yeah, it was two thousand seven to eight, the last one, and I remember it. I I remember too. A lot of shows got affected. They should have got more reality shows than scripted TV. if I remember I told you I was working on a film and I had this actor who said, I'm going to quit my union job. I'm going to be vested yeah, yeah. in six months. And he went to LA and he got there during the writer's strike. <laughs> but this, this time is different, not only because yeah. of artificial intelligence, but this is happening before Comic-Con season. <clears throat> yes. And you talk about so many shows that on, on, on right now, they stopped doing Daredevil. They stopped doing um, Echo. They stopped doing... A few other Disney properties are on hold. A lot of things are on 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 hold because they have no. Yeah, no. It, this is why we have unions. You have to strike because you deserve to get paid properly, and you have to worry about like you know. I'm not worried about a robot sweeping the lobby from my regular job. I'm not worried about a robot going to mop a staircase, you know, because uh, 
that's not gonna happen. It's cheaper no, to hire I, I, a guy. I would kick that robot down the stairs. <laughs> well, first of all, the robot ain't gonna be able to do it the right way. Let's be real. A Roomba is never gonna replace a person who can pay way cheaper. Um, so the idea is that with writers, you know, this they really fight hard. We have so much there's so much more content in the world to, and you need writers, you need artists, you need creators. And the uh, and the difference this time is that writers are not <clears throat> the writers that's under the guild is not allowed to promote their projects on podcasts, panels, appearances, or wherever. So this could affect uh, Comic Con season too. Well, that's why I feel like you know the it may Since last. The writers longer? might not the writers might not be there, but does that mean the cast will be there? Who knows? But they're all union guys. There's SAG and the SAG and the Writers Guild. They're all they're all tangentive and they're paid uh, by the studio to go there right but the problem is they're all part of they're all they're all union so no union steps on another union's foot 100 percent. that's right so they, they shouldn't they shouldn't so but go on let's see here after hulk hogan we have Shawn michaels okay we have goldberg okay austin aries okay Hardcore Holly. <laughs> okay. The Ultimate Warrior. All right. Nia Jax. Really? Yes, <laughs> she's on his list. And number one, okay. um, which I think wrecks them all since he wanted to kill somebody, New Jack. Okay, well, I feel like that numbering system is wrong. I feel like I think uh... most of it is wrong. I think Hogan should have been number two or three. Uh, Hogan, no, number one, and John Cena was on that list for like half of his fucking career. Like, you know, we all like him now, but you know, up until like three years ago, he he was literally Hogan two point oh. Yeah, we all know that. Not that he's, but I guess now, you remember to... this is a list for most difficult wrestlers to work with, not right, right. the most um right, difficult right. wrestlers who are politicians. Right, you know, you're right. I, you're right. I, I have to take back what I said. I was just realizing that you meant hardest to work with they didn't specify if they meant in ring or be it backstage so with that being said Shawn michael should not be on this list really Shawn michaels was a, Shawn michaels kind of was a backstage politician but not in the ring see the reason, i think we hold on the reasons they put um difficult to work with with Shawn michaels i think it's more of a political issue because of the whole thing with um him and bulldog not putting wrestlers over in the 90s and him well, attempting to walk out at wrestlemania 14 i'm like that's more political than it is difficult to work right with. but like you don't 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 make a list of difficult you need to separate the list because let's be real in the ring and and causing problems around that is way more is way different than backstage politics. Hogan backstage, Shawn Michaels backstage, hundred percent. New Jack, for ninety nine percent of the time, did whatever his promoter told him, except for those times when that motherfucker went off on his own. He had like six, seven incidents where he went off on his own. But ninety nine percent of the time, New Jack showed up to do a job. He did the job as expected. You know, as long as he was paid right and the talents were all good. New Jack was good to work with. And Paul Heyman would tell you, you think I would kept New Jack around for as long as I did if he wasn't good? Like, if he didn't listen, he had tangent, tangent, he went on tangents, but for the most part, back in his glory days, New Jack was good for the business, so to speak. Uh, you know, uh, mass transit was a horrible situation, but 
And then, of course, the whole thing with what's his name? Uh, was it Grimes? Was that the guy's yeah. name? Vic, yeah, Vic Grimes. Grimes. Other than that, like most of New Jack's career was fine. Everyone loved working with New Jack. No one ever said New Jack was bad to work with. You know, Dudley Boys had no problem. Everyone, no, 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 no. So I feel like they, this list is not really giving you the proper explanation. No, I don't um, think Hogan and should Hogan and Shawn Michaels should not be on this list. Now, if this was the list of backstage politicians, they would be yes. number one, two, and three next to Cena. Ultimate, yes. Ultimate Warrior. He was a bit. Yes. Rec- he was a bit reckless. He was hard to work with in the ring because of how he never improved and how horrible he was in the ring. Yes, and, and just like on the honestly dark, bad like he on, was on the on the just mic. Like on the dark side of the ring episode. Warrior would never listen to anyone else's point of view but his own. Right. He legitimately did not care. And that is bad backstage and in the ring. Different list. He's on another level. You got nah. guys like Austin Aries who would be he's a very uh he's a divisive wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. I will never say he's very not a good, good wrestler. wrestler. Very good talker, but when it comes down to the booking decisions, yeah, he made some decisions he didn't agree with, and he he said that last time when he walked out. Remember when he yeah, lost the belt? Uh, yeah, it was that um Dolph Glory? Yeah, and he got up and walked out of the ring and acted like nothing mattered. But he swears to this day that that was a part of the story. If it was a part I, of this, if it was a part of the story, then why did John Morrison um almost beat the shit out of you backstage after it? Right, <laughs> exactly. But you, you know what? Whatever you know, revisionist history. But he, when he's in that ring, he's good. He's made mistakes. He's done stupid things that made that made him look dumb. You know. But once again, wrestlers are not hired because they're fucking rocket scientists. Hmm. My idea of Austin Aries, he is definitely near the bottom of a hard-to-work list because he's done a lot that works. Nia Jax. I, Nia Jax is a terrible... How many, how many times on this show we've um, caught her out her bullshit? How many times? She's not a very intelligent Becky woman. Lynch, um, Carrie yep. Sane during the pandemic, yeah. uh, yep. Sasha Banks. But you can Alexa say the same thing about Charlotte. Charlotte Flair, legitly knowing that Kyrie Sane was hurt, did not give a fuck. She is must be a very difficult person. Yeah, that must be backstage. That was, that was one night. It wasn't repeated like Nia Jax dropping the title on the ring, making a scene. Oh yeah, that too. And then the whole thing with Nia Jax, we were not too sure what the fuck that was supposed to be. <laughs> it was all bad shit. Now when 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 Charlotte's on her game, she's great, right? But there's a lot of backstage shit that she tries to pull too, and she's walked off and pretended to take her belt, and her 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 hair, and go home as well. So you know where where do you draw the line? Which is the worst? I feel Nia Jax is just a very not capable wrestler. Either she looks very weak in the ring as a big person, or she's reckless. I've said it many times. I don't believe Nia Jax was just, she does certain things because she's so weak. I've said it a million times. She doesn't look like it means anything, right? Yeah. But then when she does shit, fuck, she hurts people. I read her being weak that hurt people, but that means I don't want to see her either way. So uh, what's the point, right? Like she's not same, good. Same with Ryback. Um, we already know his we already know the whole deal with him. <laughs> but as as a wrestler, he was just never entertaining. I do not know why they thought he should be pushed. 
I because, never cared. Because um, Johnny Ace must have looked at him at a poster one day and realized, oh shit, this guy's big money. <laughs> he's so fucking dumb. He's he's legitly not a good talker. His he's... his entire career, he was green as shit. Especially when he um missed the fucking table with CM Punk. Even when he's not doing that, he just isn't good. He was a knockoff Goldberg, which is not yep. saying much because Goldberg is garbage. And then you look at it, you think about it, and you go, my God, if he's that bad, he's that young, he's not even that good, he's a knockoff of a knockoff, why do I care? And then the fans aren't cheering Feed Me More because they enjoyed it. They did it almost mockingly. But you can't do that in wrestling because Vince was like, oh, well, they cheered. He's over. It's like, no, there's times we do shit because it's funny. You know, read the room. You know, when the fans are doing shit, doesn't always mean we're doing it because we're enjoying it. Like we we're finding joy because we're in the arena. We paid money to see a show. So we're going to have fun whichever way. Oh, wow. Your wrestling show sucked and it's beach balls. Oh, it's the beach balls fault. No, we're bored. The fucking fans were bored. They're bored by your product. (laughs) So you got mad at a beach ball and you banned beach balls. Oh yeah. That's going to stop the fans from being bored from your product. Learn. That Dude. maybe what happened happened for a reason. Like, you know, they got the beach ball over. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the mastermind of all this. Um, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. All right. So what's the worst backstage political story you've heard involving Hulk Hogan? Oh, my God. That does not narrow it down. Um, I'm, I can't say it's the worst, but I will say it's one of the top worst. There's two top worst to me. What he did with Bret Hart. And we did with Shawn Michaels in 2006. <laughs> Five. 2005, sorry. Those are the two worst to me because for Bret Hart's sake, he was going to be the next one, and we all wanted him to be the next one. Even when I wasn't a big Bret Hart fan, I expected him to be champion. You know what I'm saying? And with Shawn Michaels, Shawn had come back from injury, came back, reinvented his career. Let's be real. Shawn Michaels of the 90s is different from the Shawn Michaels of the 2000s. Let's be real. And I'll talk about the DX version of the 2000s. That was a terrible Shawn Michaels. But um, the Shawn Michaels where he was having match after match, killer matches with Kurt Angle and Undertaker and all these guys, right? Yeah. And then he's going to have a match with Hogan. Hogan just got through. The match with Rock happened first. Yes. Rock and Hogan had this great match. What a fucking defining match. Probably Hogan's best match in America ever. Right. And then you're like, wow, they could do something similar with him and Sean. Because you know, Sean was sell for Hogan. Face against face, the hero of the 80s versus the hero of the 90s. And then, and then when you start to unravel the sausage, you realize that there is two backstage mega politicians, one with creative control and the other with not. That one being Hulk Hogan. Story was either who you believe it. Sean was going to win the first one. Hogan was going to win the second one. On the week of the show, Hogan comes in to be like, brother, that bullshit doesn't work for me. How about I win both matches? Then we got the result of SummerSlam 2005. But prior to that, it was supposed to be face versus face. And yes. The idea is supposed to be who is the best, and Hogan goes, "That doesn't work best for me. I need you to. I want you to be the bad guy, because I got to be the face. You got to be the heel. But you can do whatever you want." And Sean's like, "You'll let me say what you really want me to be, evil Sean." Yes, Hogan. Hogan wasn't brother, prepared for that, brother. Brother, brother, go all in on it. 
You want me? To, let me repeat. You want me to be evil, Sean? I got you. Hold my beer. Well, at the time, hold my milk because he was born again or whatever. And he was not doing drugs anymore. So he goes and literally week after week destroys Hogan, destroys Hogan, destroys and then, Hogan. And, and then Hogan's probably thinking to himself, brother, what, what the fuck here? We're supposed to be in kayfabe, dude. And like the point is like he did, he was he annihilated him. It was so entertaining. And then the matches, people. I know a lot of people say that they didn't like how Sean acted in the match. I remember watching it live, going, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life," because you, you know, as a wrestling fan, you understood it. You knew what Sean was doing. When I watched it in two thousand five, first few cells, I was like, okay. Then it started going on and on. I was like, something is going on here. Yeah. I laughed. I fucking, we had yeah, I, I, laughed, I laughed too. I, but I, thought, I had I had, a, here. We were I had a thought to myself that something was going on here. I remember we had our friends over. We had a pizza party. We're having a good time. We're laughing. Going, this is fucking great. Oh, he's just fucking overselling. This shit is great. Yeah, you know, I'm like, and I loved it because I loved it for what it was. You know, Sean's coming as the bad guy and he's going to get destroyed by Hogan. And that's was the assignment. And he did it. Yeah. And, and, and Sean thought that Hogan was all about business. And I'm over here thinking, yeah, the Hulk Hogan business. Yeah, come on. Hogan's as good as business as he is making pasta. Well, let's be real. <laughs> but I, I, at the end of the day, that's to me was a very bad situation, but it, it didn't hurt Sean's career for a bit. The thing with Bret Hart, on the other hand, Yes, 100% burnt. It really burnt Brett. And it took Brett longer to recover. Yep. Brett was supposed to beat Yokozuna. Brett okay. versus Yokozuna on paper. This was the match. And then Hogan comes out and Brett's like, he, he beat me up, daddy. And then Hogan comes in and wins. It's like, what is oh, this oh, shit? It gets, it gets worse than that. The reason Hogan didn't want to face Brett is because Hogan felt like a not only was not as big enough as posing enough to challenge him, but he felt like he didn't prove himself in the house shows. I'm like, okay, what does that even mean? <laughs> when you won, hold on, when you won that fucking belt, you went to Japan. It didn't appear again till King of the Ring. Yeah, and what makes me even mad is watching Hogan in Japan have matches. And I'm going... Good ma good matches. You know what makes me so mad? I was watching him, and I was watching... I don't know if I got to tell you. I was watching I was watching another wrestler. I don't know who, who it was. Uh, it was... Um, shit. Oh, fuck. I, I, I'm, I'm going to draw a blank right now. But it was a wrestler you didn't expect to be good in the ring. And here he is in Japan having a fucking match. I was just watching it recently. Shit, I watched it on YouTube. It was in the 80s, and it was like, I'm like, this match is just as good as Hogan. Why wasn't this match brought like in America? Like, I forget which wrestler it was. God damn, it was a WWF guy. And I, I try to remember who it was, but it was such a good match. They they went Vader. No, Vader always has good matches in Japan. It wasn't Vader. No, that, that it was uh it wasn't Bam Bam. I know Bam 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 was good here. So it was a wrestler that I was looking at. I was like, wow, this is a match. I did not expect to see be good. And I was watching it. It wasn't Ric Flair. It was Dr. Death. No, Steve, we know Steve, uh, Steve, uh, Dr. Death was very good when he was not in America because he sucked in WWF. Um, yeah. it was no, it was a wrestler. It was a ugh, fuck. I'm not gonna, I'm, I forget it. I'm not gonna remember. All I remember was watching it going, 
look at this match going, Jesus Christ, this is just as good as Hogan in Japan. Why did these dudes show up in Japan when they could be doing this stuff? They were doing just chain wrestling. It was so good. And they were having these really good matches. And they were putting on it. It was fighting. He was fighting. Oh, my God. I know who he was fighting against. Uh, he just retired. The Japanese wrestler just retired. Uh, Muta? Missed, uh, great. Before he had the mask. It was Muta and somebody in Japan. The fucking match was amazing. And it was young Muta. He had no mask on. And it was, I forget who it was. It was in, it was in Japan. It was it was so fucking good. And I'm like, this is uncalled for that this match is as good. Why? Why, Julian, do these wrestlers go to Japan and have a match like that I have never seen before? <laughs> I can't answer that, but... Right? Because you can't see Hogan <laughs> pulling politics in Japan. They ain't gonna fall for that shit. <laughs> Of course not, because he can't open a business in Japan. It's right. He can't open a business in Japan. <laughs> the whole token um, business, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that doesn't work for them out there, brothers. Dude, um, Starcade 97. So, yes, the story of that whole debacle was this started earlier in the day when Sting showed up at the arena, um, didn't get a tan, didn't look as posing as he used to. Hogan looked at Sting, and then after Sting left, Hogan and Bischoff looked at each other and had the same look, and then Hogan was like, this ain't going to work, brother. <laughs> that was the beginning. <laughs> well, more like um, he said, um, that wasn't, wasn't going to work, but uh, we're in trouble, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all day long, they was talking about the finish of the match. Hogan would come in, and then Brett, um, I said Brett, Sting would also come in talk about the finish. So the finish of the match was it was supposed to be a fast count, right? Or a screw job yeah. finish. The referee Nick Patrick, who revealed about maybe five or six months ago, said that the original um idea was that it was supposed to be a fast count, but someone in the back told him to count slow. You you know who that someone is, do you? Who? Who got the who, who was the first to get the pinfall of that match between Hogan and Sting? And Wasn't it Hogan? Yes. No, it was yeah, it was Hogan. It was yeah. Hogan. And then they had to restart it, and then Sting got the win by submission. But the problem was Nick Patrick was told this. He didn't name who, but we all could guess who. And no one related this to Bischoff. That's why stunning, stunning Steve Austin versus Muda. <laughs> Sorry, there yes. it is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, that was what that a was fucking match. One. What a fucking match. I was like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. Sorry, go on. I just, just thought about it. I'm sorry, good. So Sting was supposed to kick out, even though it was a fast count. Right. No one related this to Bischoff. Bischoff was Bischoff and um Sullivan was in the timekeepers. No, no, there was a gorilla position. They all um panicked because they knew that wasn't supposed to be the finish. Regardless of Sting not being in his head in the game, they all should have fucking communicated. Right. I'm like, even one watching this match so many times over the years, Sting looked fine to me. But I could see the argument about him not getting a 10 because when Cena was out there at WrestleMania this year, he looked pale as fuck. Yeah. Why didn't he get a 10? He didn't give a fuck. But going back, to it, going back to it, 
Um, everything about this whole match was because of Hulk Hogan's fault. Yeah. That's what it was. Always is. If he had just what? let the fucking count um be a fast count to begin with, we have never gotten that debacle to begin with. Here, here's the thing. At the end of the day, when we keep saying, oh, but you know what? No one knows who Sammy Guevara is, but everyone to this fucking day still knows that piece of shit Hulk Hogan. So is it better that they know? Like, I, I don't want casuals to know because of all they know is fucking Hulk Hogan. All I keep seeing on the toy shelves is still Hulk Hogan action figures after all his evilness, all his disgustness, all his pedophilia with his fucking child, which I know it's not real pedophilia, but his obsession with his daughter. And that people at my job, when they saw Hulk Hogan walking with this girl, they're like, hey, that's his girl. That's his daughter. I'm like, no. That's his girlfriend, and they're like, "Holy shit, he looks like his. It looks like his daughter." I'm like, "Yeah, that's fucked up." You think? You don't think that's fucking weird? No one's gonna sit here and think, "Oh wow, Hulk Hogan's dating the broad that looks exactly like his daughter," and no one has a question of why this is not fucking right. Then you watch the Hulk Hogan show and go, "Oh, oh my boy. god, his obsession with his daughter is fucking weird." Hey, remember that time he took off his drawer, the towel? He was in a little tidy whities with his daughter. Around like pretending to flash in front of his fucking daughter. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Hi. Excuse me. Fuck you. That's disgusting. And yet you still celebrate him because your childhood. You know <laughs> something? Fuck off. I will take Jungle Boy not giving two fucks about anything, but still not be a piece of shit like Hulk Hogan. Thank you very much. God damn it. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck Hulk Hogan. He's the top of every list that should be bad in wrestling because he lies to everybody. He lies. There's not one interview he provides that he doesn't lie. Just he remember, can't tell the truth to save his life. Just remember, if you're dealing with Hulk Hogan's politics, just know he's paranoid as fuck. Yeah, that's scary. You know what? You, t- you, wrestlers, tell, you tell him an idea, you never know if he or one of the other agents will stooge that shit off to Vince at that time. Oh, yeah. And they did. They stole. How many times you heard wrestlers' storylines getting stolen? <laughs> because they mentioned it to Hogan. Yeah. And, 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 like, oh, and I know. He's like, all right, brother, I'll come back and talk to you in a bit. But meanwhile, he's already in Vince's office. Look, this is supposed to be going over, but I get to go over, and it's not going to be this guy because he's not as good as me. And you know, it's like, oh my god, is this the reason why we had to fight? Have you fight Sergeant Slaughter and Iron Sheik again? Because I don't think I want to see that for the fifth time. This is terrible. Uh- <laughs> oh my god, this is how we're anyway. This is how we're ending it. Uh, thank you so much for everybody that listens. Thank you, Rob, for coming on. It's time to yep. go. Later, man. <laughs> Later. <laughs>